We are recording this episode one late and two in a new location because our basement. Flooded. Let me tell you what had happened to us. So climate change does not want us to record this podcast, obviously, because DC is like completely flooded and our basement, is, which happens to be where we record this podcast, had like an inch of water in it. So that was sick. Our equipment's fine. But there's also now just like a layer of dirt on my basement floor. On Monday, DC got its, it broke the record for like total daily rainfall in 35 minutes. 35 minutes? Literally, we were were walking to work and like walked in, in order to get into our office, we walked through like an inch of water, like ankle deep to get into our office. Ankle deep. It was a wild, wild time. And the metro was just like, like there was water coming through the ceilings of the metro. And if you've ever been on the DC metro, they are deep, like deep underground. So I don't know how that happened. And bottom line of our basement was that there's about an inch of water in our basement and we had to move all of our equipment. It, it was a good time. It was a good look really for us. Cute, really look. cute. Uh, anyway, that is not the topic that we're going to be talking about today. Uh, so why don't we get into it? be talking about diets. Uh, It is the second episode of our series where we are going to be talking about food uh, and like all the environmental implications of food. First, I want to ask you guys, tell me about the last time you had a burger. Um, Well, are are we talking about beef? We talking about like, because what's a burger? Like a real burger, burger, like a cheeseburger. Um, well, well, it doesn't have cheese on it, well, but you I mean, know, like a I made burger. a salmon burger like two days ago. No, 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 no. Okay. A uh, burger, sad, burger. This past Saturday. Yeah. I'm proud yeah. of you. How are you? <laughs> Last time I ate a burger was, so I've been hashtag trying to be a vegetarian for like two years now. Um. But last summer, so like a year ago, um, I hadn't eaten beef in like maybe nine months. And I was at someone's beach house and there was just a bunch of burgers. There wasn't a lot of other food and I was hungry as fuck. So I had a cheeseburger and I was like, this will be fine. It was like one of those good ones too. Like it was juicy. It was like pink in the middle. And (laughs) I had a full-blown hive attack like terrible terrible allergic reaction to it because i guess i haven't eaten beef in so long that my body was like reject and i also get hives a lot fun fact about me but uh yeah so since hearing you talk about that has literally made my stomach turn and makes me want to throw up i about my hive attack or about beef the beef like i'm thinking about like the last time i had 
uh, burger, like a beef burger. Wow, so last judgmental, time, Charles. Whoa, 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 whoa. No, no, no. Listen, listen. So the last time I had a burger was a turkey burger on Monday, I think. Maybe Sunday. We're not, was, we're not talking about yeah, real beef burgers, Charles. No, no, no. no. I, I, I listen. Okay. But listen, I haven't had a beef burger since, like, July... When did we graduate from high school? High, high school. I haven't had a beef burger since July 2017. Christ. Yeah. And the last time I had a beef burger, I was on the toilet the rest of the night. I had the worst stomachache of my life. It was terrible. It was an awful time. Ever since, I haven't had beef. I've been doing pretty good. Other meat? Mm, your boy really loves hot wings. Shit. So my thing with like my vegetarianism is that I try my best because I do it for environmental purposes. I don't do it like, like I think the animal cruelty involved in the system is like shitty, but I don't do it because like meat skeeves me out. I do it because like it's good for the earth. So when I'm a like traveling or visiting someone, if I like mess up, I don't feel too bad about it. Like my one big exception is when I'm in Buffalo, New York, which where my sister lived for a while, I eat buffalo wings because they're my favorite things in the whole wide world. That brings uh, up a really good point though. Like you said that when like you try not to feel guilty about it when you break it. I think that's important for like all people to realize just like as a preface that before we move forward talking about like diets and like the environmental implications is that the impact that you have by not just by reducing your meat consumption is so great that if you slip up a couple of times, like it's not that big of a deal. Like there shouldn't be too much guilt Mm. associated with it. Yeah, I think that some people who are, like, diehard vegan are it because the idea of meat, like, on top of them being, like, it's so fucked, also just, like, skeeves them out. So that's why they stay so clear of eating meat, which I get, but I, like, am low-key if they're, if meat was, like, great for the environment, like, would be a carnivore. Uh, One of my residents, actually... She's a she's a vegan because um she believes that like the harm that's done on the animal like the karma of that the the um that the animal goes through like is still with the meat and then you know you 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 eat the meat and that bad karma is also like flowing through you so it's also like you know like a religious spiritual kind of you know, like a, a lifestyle. I feel like a lot of people, when they just think of diets or like, ve- like vegan veganism or vegetarianism as just diets, they just see it as diets. But like, it's also like a lifestyle because what you put in your body is going to affect like your mood, how you see things Absolutely. throughout the rest of your day and your life. I think we should just go through each of us. Abby, I know you brought it up about how like you're a vegetarian. Ramel, what uh, dietary restrictions do you follow? What is your uh, dietary preferences um, so my preferences i i don't eat pork or at least i try not to um i have pork about maybe i'm gonna say on average like once a year and then like um hmm. beef i'll have 
rarely, but I usually I gravitate towards white meats and fish because like I'm yeah <laughs> you, you know me Charles I I be in the gym all the time it's kind of hard to like like um because like I I keep you need the protein yeah I keep track of, I I like keep track of like my, my protein intake my caloric intake and it's like hard to um like keep up with the amount of protein and calories that I need like daily with like, you know, substituting what I eat, like meat with something like plant-based yeah. or yeah, it's, just, it's, it's hard. especially like, like when you're up in school, it's like either it's either that the school's like um, food doesn't have good, like yeah. options or variety of like vegan or vegetarian options or you know vegetables are like a billion dollars or like vegan vegetarian food products mm-hmm. are just way more expensive like you don't have to justify like your your choices like i, I know we're talking about them but i think like especially with food it's really easy to get like like there's like weird guilt associated with people's diets and like that's not mm-hmm. what where we're at like you know, especially as like a college student, like we're all college students and like you do what you can, but like, don't like, like people shouldn't feel guilty. Everybody about has it. to eat. Yeah. Um, before we move on, Ramel, I'm kind of in between both of you. So I am a, like a struggling pescatarian where uh, if possible, I will like reduce my meat intake but I try to leave it to primarily fish and seafood. Uh, but oftentimes like the, I bring in like lean meats, like poultry. Um, and that's basically for me, it's mostly a mix of just like personal preference, uh, and environmental impact, uh, is the main reasoning why I've chosen to focus on that. Something that I think is really interesting with all this um so there's like there's so many like diets that like outside of just the environmental stuff there's like the paleo there's the keto like there's all these like fad diets and I feel like with like the environmental movement we should focus on like not being another fad you know because like I think veganism is like really really hard for a lot of people to commit to and instead of being like like one of those like fad diet environmental things that's like not sustainable for anyone's like lifestyle and it's just not that veganism isn't sustainable for some people's lifestyle but isn't sustainable like isn't going to last super long like we should focus on like where you can reduce like for instance the mediterranean diet is like one of those things where it's not it's not about like being like, oh, I'm going to like, I'm cutting out carbs or like I'm cutting out meat completely or like I won't eat dairy ever again. It's like transitioning to like lessening your impact and like where you can do that, which is like, okay, so you're a huge, huge beef eater. Let's just say that or like a huge red meat person. Instead of having red meat every night of the week, maybe you have red meat one night of the week or maybe three nights a week but the portions are smaller and you have like a lot of your like rice or whatever on the sides like how can you like transition to like 
healthier and more sustainable diets that are like actually sustainable for the lifestyle that you live now. I guess personally, I think the struggle of transitioning to vegetarianism or veganism is we're conditioned to eat meat and the, the systems Mm -hmm. that like don't allow us to transition to that lifestyle because when you when you live in an area where fast food restaurants are like you know prevalent it's yeah and cheaper that's the thing it's like and cheaper a salad you get a salad that's so like much $6, cheaper yeah but then you know you get a burger that's hot warm ready to eat for like two and you can feed like especially if yeah. you're like a struggling family or, or not even struggling but like a low-income family like you can feed so many more kids on stuff that has, I mean, obviously it's not like the best food for them, but something that's going to make yeah. them not feel hungry before they go to bed. And that's like something that people are always like, I feel like not taking into consideration. It's like, how can we make the systems in place suit the needs of the people in ways that are more sustainable and more healthy? And that's something that we as like an environmental movement are going to have to address there's like a huge and this isn't just with diets this is with like a bunch of aspects of environmentalism and with trying to be a bit more like uh environmentally conscious is that there's kind of like uh there's like a a paywall almost where Mm -hmm. there's a certain threshold where if if you're below a certain income level that you aren't able to buy into what is eco-friendly and all of the stuff that is like environmentally uh like better for the planet so especially with diets and you brought up with like fast food being cheaper and being a bit like more accessible to everybody um i think that is something that needs to be addressed like fast before you know uh that needs to be addressed before any other like like if we want all people to be so eating in a certain way that is better for the environment then we need to like address this like economic inequality in like accessing that so there's like um some interesting like data about like the like vegetarian vegan like mediterranean and american diets and like the greenhouse gas emissions from the american diets is like a little bit over 5000 tons of co2 whereas the mediterranean is a thousand and then vegan is like half of the mediterranean but like they're all under like the a thousand like vegetarian vegan mediterranean where then like american is the like five thousand so again i feel like there's ways to like be reducing your co2 without like just like slashing and like you know, trying to do it in ways that are like affordable and stuff like that, but aren't crazy. You said like one, one way that comes to my mind immediately, aside from just like changing the diet over completely is meatless Mondays or just like a meatless day or two days a week where you just like don't have meat as the centerpiece of your dinner or like your day. Mm -hmm. Um, there's been some studies that show that like that alone can like 
drastically reduce your carbon footprint. I think I remember you footprint. sharing something on Facebook about that that so, a high school started doing meatless Mondays, Charles. Yeah. I did, yes. Um I can try to find it. Yes. I have a question for you guys. Mm. This is out of left field. What do we think about eating I've done bugs? It before. Nah, no thanks. I've eaten. You a you've few. eaten a bug yes. before, Ramel? Um, tell us okay. about that. So, like, when I was in China, we did this like this meal called Dai food, and basically it's just like a whole plethora mm-hmm. of like rice, meats, just a bunch of stuff on like one plate, and we'd like put a, put on a glove, and then like you just grab whatever you want and. There are some grubs mm-hmm. that were on the plate, and you know, I I ate it, and it wasn't that bad. I think the thing is that, like, if I see, I knew I was eating a bug, so that's why, like, I was kind of, like like hesitant. But I feel like if I didn't know it was a bug, yeah, I would have been like, oh, this is a good crunchy snack. What is it? And then like, it's a bug, and I'd be like, oh, uh, right. Uh, yeah (laughs) you got me it's like tricking so i think the thing about bugs and you i saw this like video on twitter and it was like these like worms wriggling around on this plate that's like burger and everyone was like would you eat bugs to save the earth and everyone was like no like we can just you know cut out all the companies like why are you trying to make me eat bugs which is like ridiculous well not ridiculous like i get the ick factor but like but not eating bugs is like a very like western thing like a lot of other places in the world do eat bugs and it's like super normal and like just part of their diet and also a lot of native americans or a lot of indigenous people like ate bugs insects and like that was part of their diet too continue because i was gonna talk like the nutritional value of bugs i know i'm saying bugs like they're awesome they've got so much protein in them yeah yeah so like the reason why it's like great for the environment is because they like grow quickly because they're insects they're like easy to feed and they have a shit ton of protein in them so you can get like all of your protein in a bug but just so i haven't eaten a bug yet in my life But I think, like, with Westerners, because we're so, like, ah, like, icky with bugs, we just need to trick, we just need to be fooled into eating them, you know? That reminds me of, like, there's this comic book series I read called um, uh, Skyward, and basically it's about how the Earth loses a portion of its gravity. So, basically, um the way this world adjusts is that there's these farmers right that because there's this theory that like if there's Mm -hmm. less gravity on earth then like bugs will like become bigger so like like an actual theory so they implemented it in the comic book series and basically in this world it's true that like when there's less gravity bugs are bigger and what they do is is they farm Mm -hmm. the bugs and then they make the meat of the bugs look like like um 
you know, like hamburgers or sauce. And then, like, yeah, the we just got a food. The cities, they, they, they're actually like completely unaware that what they're eating is actually from box. Okay, so I'm not advocating right, that we yeah. like overstepped all the FDA rules and just like trick people by like putting roaches in their food. But I am saying that, like, there's like a lot of companies that like do like bugs in like baked goods to like make it you know like easier way in there because i think there's also as much as there's like an ick factor like there's like a in western culture like try it try it you know like you want to do it because it's like kind of interesting and i don't foresee it becoming like a major major like source of our food like soon soon but i do you think like like i don't know like well, i feel if like climate change continues just mm-hmm. let's let's have a theoretical here let's say we lose and okay. we can't fix the climate crisis and the oh, world keeps getting hotter and hotter and hotter and we start to have a dwindling freshwater supply oh no, oopsie, I guess we can't afford to give all of the cattle and livestock all of our fresh water. You know what we can do, though? Because it's warmer, bugs will grow faster, and they will grow bigger because there's more, there'll be more CO2 in the atmosphere. And if you look at historical records, bug ancient bugs, like around like the time of the dinosaurs, oh. big grew, boys, nope, I don't big want boys, massive boys and that was a warmer time in earth's history so we could just so we have us, we're going bugs to be, the size of cows we're going to be flying on bugs we're going to be scrumping on bugs we're going to be scrumping on I really don't like big that. bugs is what i'm saying i want a dragonfly the size of a v of a volkswagen beetle Right. I don't want you that. Know, I don't want know, that. Is, is that, that, is that too much to ask for? We have like a dragonfly and giant butterflies until you know a giant mos- mos- mosquito comes. But... Okay, stop. Or the goddamn oh, ticks. Nah, okay. nah, nah, B. Nah. All right, this Got is it. getting derailed. Um... So back to back to what we should be talking about. But no, but there's an actual thing here. Like there's alternative diets that are more sustainable that other parts of the world use that like, like we are not considering, you know, like we're, we're just like, no, (laughs) like it's not, it's not being even considered. Let's before we go on, beef needs water, cows and land and they fart a lot. Cows. So much land. Cows are not having a hot girl summer. Cows need water, land, and they're just gross. I don't know. Oh. I feel like cows are having hot girl summer. I'm having hot. Girl uh, but <laughs> I think I think they beg to differ. All right. You know what yeah. else? You know what else meat requires, and you know what your steak. You yes, I'm talking to you. I'm breaking the fourth wall, listener. Your steak that you are most likely, I don't know, you're probably not eating it if you're listening to this podcast, but the steak that you were thinking about eating, it requires so much transportation infrastructure to get from the farm factory, you know, like the slaughterhouse to the grocery store 
to you, to your home, to then to your grill, because you have to carry it from your fridge to your grill, because hopefully you're grilling it. And I'm hoping that you let it marinate or sit in some kind of seasoning, because why would you not? That's a lot of transportation. Sorry. No, I I went a little off. I also... I also cows fart so much. Methane is a four times more potent greenhouse gas than carbon. And also the way that animals are treated is so horrid. Like so horrid. But like also that's that's a completely different that that is a that is an ethical concern that we will have to loop back around to. I don't think we have that's a later problem. No, we don't. That's like a whole other podcast. But like, so just I'm writing it down now. This in the in the last episode, uh, I read this book called um, "The Energy of Slaves," and it's basically about um, how dependent on fossil fuels that we that we're on. And basically, it was talking about agriculture and and the and the meat sector. And basically, it would it was telling us that more energy is put into cre- um, into raising livestock and agriculture. So that means the oil that's used to power all the machines, the transportation, just everything in general, more energy is required to do that than the amount of calories that we get out of the food. Yeah. So it's like... Oh it's, yeah. We're wasting a lot of energy. And to build on that, not to, you know, as if it wasn't bad already, to make matters worse, to make the food matter worse, uh not only are we wasting energy, a lot of meat that is produced, so like again beef, uh, goes to waste. It doesn't even make it to a plate and into a person's hands because uh, meat can go bad from like once it is f- for a disgusting way to phrase this once it's like harvested you can't it, it starts going bad much faster than grains and vegetables do so even when you refrigerate it which requires a lot of energy to do there's still tons of meat that gets thrown away from grocery stores Do a fun interlude uh like almost 30 to 40 percent of the food in america is wasted which is wild that's like so much if uh took like half of that food and distributed it like effectively we could seriously address a lot of the hunger issues that are that's happening in the united states still because there are still yeah, kids and, then, that, like, and families that are having a hard time putting food on the table. And there's like, food literally uh, being thrown out in grocery stores. Yeah, no, an insane amount of people in this country go hungry. There are like cool hunger-solving, sustainable things that are also like going on. For instance, a plug, Hungry Harvest. Please sponsor us. I'm obsessed with you. But like, We get you every weekend, Hungry Harvest. We, we eat your veggies. I want weekly. Hungry Harvest to give me like a promo code or something. Like I am literally their biggest sponsor. Just I me. Would... Sponsored Abbey Beach at Hungry Harvest. We should tweet at them. Um, But like there's 
So Hungry Harvest is like a ugly vegetable and rescued vegetable service and they deliver it in a box and they also take SNAP benefits. Um, There's lots of other companies out there like Hungry Harvest, but I picked Hungry Harvest because they also, they do a lot of like hunger solving solutions because some of these boxes have been criticized for like not like taking food that would otherwise go to people in need, but they like do a lot to like also give food and money to hungry people in need and they also save vegetables that would have otherwise been thrown out which is super cool and I love them and I love getting my box of weird shaped vegetables every week it's like Christmas every single week it's so fun and it's also like a much cheaper alternative to buying produce like I said I'm a vegetarian but like also a poor starving college student so it's like my box is $30 a week and I split it with three roommates so we all spend $10 a week is and this, I wait, literally always have leftovers like sends out so like warmed and like not aesthetically pleasing vegetables yeah okay yeah there's a bunch of them there's like misfit something like there's uh, imperfect produce yeah there's like a bunch of companies to do that but hunger harvest is cool because they take sap benefits and they also like provide a lot of stuff to like local communities that are in need of food um but yeah like so for instance when i add because you can like go in when i add an avocado to my box it's a dollar and at the grocery store avocados are usually three dollars and they're always good avocados like shit bro yeah, I can afford a dollar for an extra avocado. No, I can't afford a $3 avocado. So, yeah, that's where I'm at with that Love Hungry Harvest. But since we're, like, going on the diets train, um, uh, something that I think is really interesting is um, fish farming and aquaponics and oysters. So fish farming, which right now is not super sustainable because that's like, so that's like growing fish in tanks and then eating them. It's not sustainable right now because they feed fish other fish meal. So they have to fish other fish to feed these fish. So it's like just the same thing. I've read some stuff about how like there's been like some salmon farmers i think or cod or something uh in the like in like on the east coast of the united states where they've actually like started feeding some of the fish uh stock uh corn and other products like that or i think there was corn a couple of them were trying to feed them algae i believe uh one of the problems with that though is that corn is a like requires a lot of water production um, and right. kind of negates some of like a bunch of like the benefits of having a, a fish fish for a meal. I don't, but but there's like a lot of research going into like ways to make it sustainable right now. So it's like it's not there yet. It's one of those things that it's like t- like you can almost taste it. Like I can almost get a fish that didn't take any fish out of the ocean and it doesn't have plastic in it. I know for sure. Cause they grew it in a tank and like, like that's what I want. I want my fish to be, I know that sounds like weird, but like 
artificial because that would be so cool like to be knowing that I'm eating fish that aren't like damaging anything but there's like really cool aquaponics research happening right now which I didn't know what this term was until like last year but that's when so basically you have fish that swim around in a tank and the fish poop because everybody poops as we know and the the poop then fertilizes plants that are growing on top of the tanks and then you can eat those plants and the fish so this is a really great example it's fucking cool it's such a great example of like how we are like slowly delving as a species into engineering our own environments like i mean we do it already with like we fucking have like air-conditioned houses we live in bubbles and then like we leave our bubbles for a couple minutes to walk to our mobile bubbles where there is air conditioning and climate control so we can go to our workplaces that are bubbles with climate control so we're already kind of good at this on like the per like the small scale but having some like having the ability to create something like this is fucking mind-boggling to me um like how i mean i think it's like this reminds me of like sci-fi shit like i learned about this in my environmental class my freshman year i was sitting in class and i was like this is like weird weird science fiction you said something though that really struck me um about how you want your fish to be like you don't want fish taken from the ocean like you want lab-grown fish Mm-hmm. but yeah but I, I get it for like the plastics and for the pollutants and stuff but what I want to argue with that is that you can harvest fish from the ocean like you can have a fishery that is sustainably fished so like yeah like if we were to leave things alone completely like like populations can check themselves but it's like we we shouldn't stray too far into like getting ourselves out of it i'm just saying for me personally like like i so i still like eat fish i should have specified i'm not i'm pescatarian pretty much i eat fish like not regularly but every once in a while and like i do feel like uh, amount of guilt when I do that and I'm just saying like it would be cool if there was an alternative to that because right now like outside of the United States especially fish is like a main food source for like so many countries like that's like their main thing and like overfishing is a huge issue um, and also for health reasons because they don't know what the effects of microplastics and fish are right now so like that's a separate thing but like it would be really cool if you could sustainably just the way the same way it's like I would probably eat meat if it could be sustainably like harvested and and raised and all of those things but like if fish could be sustainably harvested like harvested and raised in a fish farm like this I'd be totally into that and down for that I have a question. So I hear that people eat fish or people that are pescatarian yeah. eat fish because like fish don't feel pain. Is that true? I don't know how you would possibly uh, 
judge that. Okay, here's the thing. Here's the rub. Fish definitely feel pain. Bony fish have a right. nervous right. system. Of course they feel yeah. pain. They have a very they have a very similar nervous system to other bony animals and verte- like other vertebrates. So like if like we feel pain. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm. We should be having like we should be focusing on like yeah changing our diets and like us in the united states we should really focus on like changing the way that we eat and changing all the stuff we have but on top of that we need to make sure that we are helping countries across the planet and just like other every other person on the planet make sure that they are not eating the way that america has been eating for the past 50 years yeah i think also we need to like on top of that, like, make sure we're, it's a combo. Like, I always say this, like, it's not companies, it's not people, it's both. But, like, make sure we're holding the companies that are, like, these big industrial food sources, like, accountable and they're sustainable. Like, the way that they're fishing, the way that we're, like, producing meat and all of those things. I'll go into this, too. Well, at this point in the podcast, I think it's safe to say that our slogan or catchphrase should be, it's the system, you know? <laughs> but it's, I feel like the, the, when we're saying that, like, I don't want to take away the fact that, like, individuals absolutely, contri- like, you contribute to that system. So, like, changing your habits and, like, doing small things, like, in your diet, like, absolutely a hundred percent does make a difference but like that and systematic changes need to occur at the same time look at the people love how like the whole like 10 companies contribute like the most plastic whatever but it's like yeah who's buying that shit yeah but look at we are look at the past 10 years and the rise of like the rise of vegan marketing and vegetarian marketing yeah the past 10 years just because people started buying that stuff and companies were like Hmm, maybe there's something to this environmental. Yeah. And basically, what what I'm getting at with that is we have like the power of the purse, basically, where yeah. we can yeah. like we can affect change by the, with our shopping habits and with like the way that like where we put our money and our influence. Yeah, systems are, like, big and bad and scary, and they have, like, massive effects on all the things we do, but because we're part of the systems, every individual part of the system affects the overarching whole. So, keep that in mind. A tidbit of sociology. Do you guys eat, um, do you eat oysters or shellfish? I like baked clams. Oysters? are so fucking cool they're considered the and i quote from a documentary i watched one time the um coral reefs of bays you watched that documentary just once you didn't watch it like four or five times (laughs) yeah like do you really know what you're talking about unless you've seen it like like you've watched like every episode of friends right right Listen, (laughs) oysters are so cool and they like clean the water that they're in and buying like local sustainably grown oysters 
just makes oyster farmers put more oysters in the water because the more oysters you buy, the more oysters they put in the water. So then the more oysters they harvest. Um, and like a lot of them recycle the shells and then they can clean our bays and our water. They do that in the Chesapeake Bay. And it's so cool. Damn. So I don't know. Plant forward had like a different reason. Yeah. What? Damn. Is that why the Chesapeake has great crabs? Is that what you said? Yep, that's what I said. I need to know. Uh, <laughs> uh, uh, now the Chesapeake's actually pretty dirty, but that's why you gotta put more oysters in it. Extra oysters. flavor. So you're telling me Old Bay seasoning is actually just dried out Chesapeake Bay sediment? Is that what you're telling yep. me? Yep. Damn. I feel lied to. We're always lied to, Charles. But I just think that there's like so many cool ways to eat sustainably that is delicious, that can like be fulfilling all of our like dreams of cravings. Like I don't, I, I love cheese so much and I know it's so, so bad for the environment, but that's like one thing I can't, I simply can't let go of, you know? But, like, we shouldn't be, like... And no one is going to make you. They better not. I would first, be so sad. First, wait, wait, a poem by a conservative. A po- ready? Ready? First, I'm ready. they came for our guns, and I said a lot. Next, they came for our cows and our steaks, and I still said a lot. And then... How dare they? They came from our cheese, and that was the last straw. I simply could not. Did you just come up with that just now? Yeah, in the moment. Oh, I wow. thought that was. I I'm thought you were reading that from somewhere. Nope. That was art, Charles. That's staying in. That's definitely staying in. All right. It wasn't that, fun, but you can do you. Honestly, I'm here for it. <laughs> We've gotten pretty far off track. Not really, though. Uh, we're having there's just so much to talk about we have so much to talk about and there's so much more but time is running short on us so final Final thoughts everybody gets 30 seconds go wow it's like a debate (laughs) no it's a little more structured than the democratic debate but um um you know um i'm not gonna judge you on what you eat but just remember that all diets are a lifestyle. Everything's interconnected. Um, yeah. <laughs> there we go. I, I think with diets, it's important. <laughs> wow, a standing ovation. I think diets, with diets, it's like really, you know what, Charles, you go. Let me think about it. <laughs> really? Really? You're just going to lay all the groundwork and you're not even going to, you're, you're just not going to pay it right. off? We have so we, we have got, all the listeners waiting for you. Imagine this was live. This would not be good. Yeah. People um, be like putting in the comments like, uh, "What's going on?" All right, I need everybody who listens to this part of the episode to let us know on our social media if, if they no, 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 if they want us to do a live episode where we can stream it live. I have that ability. So I think like with diets, it's important to keep in mind that 
like you do have an impact like that's a way that you can affect environmental change um but it's also like a greater issue of making those changes affordable um and making them sustainable and also to just remember to like not beat yourself up about the small things with food because food is like complicated for a lot of people um and like doing what you can do is awesome and great and like you should keep doing that if you're like eating vegan and you're shitting on other people or not vegan if you're eating in any way no listen bro Uh if you're eating like in any way for like sustainability or whatever and you're like shitting on other people like and sh- make there's like ways that you can not eat vegan that are like just as environmentally conscious as eating vegan like if you're ordering like soy lent or like things that are like really shitty for the environment and then like getting mad at people for like having milk in their mac and cheese every once in a while like that's that's not an effective way to bring around like positive environmental change and impact. Well said. Well said. Um, Just to end us out around this whole thing, tie it up with a bow and leave it on someone's doorstep, like a poorly handled Amazon package. We all have the ability to make small changes in our life that can have some big impacts. So Let's try to do that, and yeah, I feel like this is this should be a home run. This is a place in everybody's lives where small incremental changes can actually make like really big impacts where we like don't expect it to. So that's all I gotta say. It was really fun tonight potting with both of you. Thank you. It's always a fun, pleasurable time. What a time to be what potting. What a time to be alive. What a time to be alive. What a lady. You and what yours. a night. Um, to all of you listening, uh, if you have any questions, comments, or suggestions for something that we missed in this episode or something that you want us to talk about in a future episode, please... Uh, shoot us a DM on one of our social media channels or just uh, write us a review uh, or drop a comment on one of our posts. Let us know somehow. Review, tell us, review us. Tell us. Tell us how good we are and tell us how we suck. Please tell us how we suck. Send us a raven. Send us letters. I'm not going to say my address here, but send us a letter. Um, so... They can find us. It's 2019. Yeah, you can find us. I'm on Facebook. We're all on Facebook. The world's going to end. Anyway, thank you for listening to another episode of Pod for the Planet. It's been fun. Have a great night. Bye.